Getting tired of training or is it just time to change things up? Very good question. Thursday, June 16th, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky. Thanks for joining me. This here is my audio digest and I yak about things about going on here in Beijing, China, which is where I live at the moment, uh, and some of the things that uh, keep me occupied, such as working out quite a bit, uh, computer graphics or visual effects for movies, and as well as, uh, well, I'm studying the Mandarin Chinese language. So those are some of the things you can look forward to both in this episode and in prior episodes if you want to catch up on the uh, the archives of what I've uh, talked about before. You can head on over to my website, stephenserski.com. That's where I keep everything archived and updated, or at least I try to keep it updated, usually within a week or so. <laughs> uh, yeah, the um, I was thinking today, because today was a rest day, because it was another one of these days where I woke up, I'm like, yep, that, oof, moving, it's a bit stiff. And of course, you, know, you can David Goggins that thing and go put your shoes on and get out there for a run already. And I was like, you know what? Um, there's also something to be said about uh, making sure you do some mobility stuff, giving your, your body some time to uh, recuperate. Uh, and so what I did this morning, and I've done this before, is that I take a resistance band and I go for a walk. And then I use the resistance band, like so I stretch out while I'm walking. Uh, once I was back in my apartment, I also did some uh, mobility stuff as well uh, with uh, lighter weights. And I found this is actually a very good way to help with some of the movement. Uh, I've talked about hip flexibility before. Uh, no doubt you guys are tired of hearing about it, but uh, using some light weights, I have found, has actually helped uh, not just stretch, but also strengthen the muscles necessary uh, and all the, uh, the sort of the involved muscles with you know tight hips and stuff like that so uh, specifically the hamstring like uh, and like the deep hamstring not like near your kneecap or in the middle of your leg but like near your your bum near your ass you got to get up in that sort of bony area and get that muscle uh, stretched and strengthened that's where you're going to find it and it's uh you got to move in some odd ways sometimes to, to get it, but what, you'll feel it when you do. Uh, and I found that if you stretch and strengthen that one, uh, it usually helps quite a bit. But then you also have to think about your back pain as well, or like uh, your, your back muscles, which are um, tough to stretch and strengthen at the same time. Knees over toes guy. I've talked about this guy before um, on Instagram. I highly recommend his, uh, his channel. He talks about some stuff there uh, that I'm sure most people would actually derive at least some uh, benefit from. Uh, I've met people who talked about knee problems before, and I go, "That's what this guy talks about." How you know uh, knee surgeries and everything. He's like, he, he just wanted to get off of drugs and uh, doctor's appointments. He's like, "I don't want to do this. I want to be natural. I want to be able to do this on my own." Um, and I sympathize with that. I empathize with that because. That's exactly what I want to do with sort of my own working out. I don't want to be relying on supplements or um, some sort of crazy uh, diet plan, uh, you know, cutting and bulking and stuff like that in order to uh, uh, sort of hit my goal. I want to be able to sort of do it over time at my own pace uh, in a way that sort of fits me. So knees over toes guy, very good uh, on Instagram to take a look with, take a look at. More mandatory testing, but travel restrictions are being eased. Okay, I'm not entirely sure how this is working because uh, in this expat news feed that I've got, um, the country seems to be relaxing some travel restrictions or quarantines, I guess. I guess they're re relaxing the quarantines. 
but then at the same time they're locking down some compounds here uh, and freeing others. I think Feng Tai has uh, finally been uh, unleashed uh, or uh, uh, put off the chain. The barriers have come down. So Feng Tai is now open. Feng Tai was one of the sort of last holdouts from uh, I guess six, seven weeks ago wherein they were sort of shuttered and uh, or closed up, Feng Bead closed up, uh, sealed off. There we go. That uh, And they finally opened up again. So hopefully that's a good sign. But, uh, you know, the last time we had a good sign, the city started locking up again. So, yeah, I went for the NAT test. Again, it's a, it is a bother. It's a pain in the ass. Uh, I've been taking this book with me, The Stand. Uh, and so I kind of, it takes 15, 20 minutes. And that way, like, it's better to get off of my phone at that time. I don't want to be on my phone. And I don't want to have my headphones in or anything. I find that having a book in my hand and you know, forcing my eyes down into the book, I sort of ignore all the other crap that's going on, like all the hubbub and everything, uh, and it just helps me focus a little bit more, so for the 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, and what a luxury it is that I have the 15 minutes to go stand in line uh, during the day and read a book, right? And that's because, well, we're not working very much. Uh, I, I don't know about other people to tell you the truth. Um, I don't think I'm on annual vacation right now. I think that's I might be another day next week. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Uh, but I'm, I, I work on Saturday, so that's going to throw off my weekend plans of... Not that I had very many. I actually think... Uh, I was looking at this. I might actually stop working on Saturdays. Uh, and I mentioned this before because one of the things I'd like to do, um, especially as the country sort of... Uh, kind of 50-50s gets better, I want to go on some of these hikes. Uh, I want to get outside of the city. I want to see a bit more of it. Um, not because I have any desire to see green space or like be at one with nature. Don't care to tell you the truth. No, I mean, it's not a very integral part of my being. Uh, it, but it'd be just nice to sort of get out and away from the computers for a little bit. Especially once I'm done my Chinese test. So that's going to be one month from today. Oh, shoot. <laughs> yes. One month from today, uh, I will be writing the paper test for the HSK-5 um, uh, Chinese language proficiency test. So yeah, um, the other thing, yeah, I think I mentioned this yesterday with the plane tickets. There's no real point in trying to leave the country. Uh, plane tickets are stupidly expensive. I mean, even with the rise of, you know, the profits of oil, um, it's uh, not not really worth it to go anywhere. To tell you the truth, so China bound, we remain. Uh, new vlog up. I uh, spent some time this morning. Actually, it was what occupied me for a decent portion of the well, about an hour, hour and a half. It took me longer than I thought it was going to. Uh, and I was going to do it like live off the floor like, that I like to do, the way that I like to do normally. But uh, after struggling for the first couple of uh, words, I was like, nope, we're going to stop this. We're just going to prepare. We're going to uh, make a word list, and then we're going to go through and do the whole video. So if you want to laugh at me uh, reading a beer can in Chinese, that is now up on my uh, language acquisition vlog, my language vlog channel, um, which is, I read the I read the Qingdao can, uh, just front to back. Uh, most, I think I got the wrong version, though, because... And if you're ever in China, you'll you'll probably know what I'm talking about. That there's several versions of Qingdao Pijo, uh, Qingdao beer, not just like the bottle, um, but there's the 
1903 classic formula and then the regular can these days so and i prefer as i've taste tested them back to back the 1903 i think is a better tasting uh beer uh and so that's the one i read today so and the way you identify this one is that most of the cans have a red lip they have the the numbers 1903 on it but uh the ones that i've seen that are sort of that are most noticeable are the, the ones with the red ring around the top so I, I was like, you know what, I've never sat down, I've tried before, but I've never really sat down to read a label uh, in Chinese. And so I'm like, okay, then we're going we're gonna to do this. And reading a label in Chinese is one of these things, where, well, in any language, it's not just Chinese, I mean, any language, I mean, you're going to introduce yourself to formulaic language. I've talked about... Um, how, you know, chunking, and if I ever to get tested in my Chinese, especially for my writing, you know, I want to learn the formulaic chunks of language that I can just regurgitate without thinking very much. Well, that's what a lot of these labels have, is that, you know, they have, like, net weight, uh, volume, um, ingredients wouldn't be so, I mean, ingredients across different products would change, but across, but within similar products, they would be very similar, obviously, so... Uh, the one that I learned today, malt, was maya. <laughs> so malt, like barley, basically, is maya. And uh, so I was reading this, and the front of the can uh, was mostly in English, but the back of the, or the side of the can was all in Chinese, and that's all the ingredients and the uh, little spiel about the company and everything. The video is about 12 minutes long. I was surprised it took me that long to read it, even after uh, preparing a word list. And I, if you go to YouTube, I actually uh, post the whole word list that I, I made for this thing with the, the Hansa, the Pinyin, and the translation, including the part of speech, like a verb or a noun. And I figured this was actually a very good practice. You know, it's, it, it's For me, like I make this word list, I don't know if these words are going to be on the HSK5 test, but it might somehow trickle down there a little bit. You know, when you're composing a sentence, like, what do you say? How do you say uh, 500 mils? Like, ubai. Okay, but then what? Right? And what is the, the character? Is it haosheng? Well, which haosheng is it? Well, hao is not the, like, good hao. It's the hao that looks like mao. And then sheng is the, another one that looks like kai, but it's not kai. So you got things like that, where you're making those associations, uh, where you're going to probably think it in your native language, but then when you're writing a sentence in your target language, you're like, oh, I know the word, but I don't know the characters. So that's what I'm trying to avoid uh, by, you know, preparing myself, reading as much as I can as well. Also, I have this other book. Uh, I will have to talk about this another time because I haven't read very much of it. But uh, I got this book from a, uh, uh, a little get together I went to last week. It's a one of the founders of uh, this coffee chain. I've never heard of it. I don't, well, at least I'm not familiar with it. Um, and it's actually kind of an easy read because it's, it's an interview. It's, it's, it's a series of interviews. And so he's talking as, you know, as someone would, and this is basically what I've been looking for. I'm going, this is fantastic. Like aside from movies, where else can you find scripted dialogue? That's what you need. I don't want any more prose. Prose is a lot more, uh, complex. I want more, uh, spoken stuff so that I can actually analyze and look how people uh, say 
uh, like how the how the sentences are structured when they are speaking. So I'll uh, get into this book a little bit more. And I, I spoke about you know trying to use Chinese a little bit more throughout the day, and I wonder if this might be able to uh, play a part in my preparation for the HSK five test uh, next month. Uh, yes, and uh, this book that I was reading, The Stand by Stephen King. Yeah, uh, not gonna lie. Uh, if there's two things that will, that. <laughs> I have been drinking more lately, and not not much, not like an obscene amount, but you know, one or two beers a day. Uh, and I'm looking at this, going, "Why am I drinking?" And well, wait a minute, because well, I'm reading this book, The Stand, and it's almost like when you watch the the TV show Chernobyl, you just can't help it. You're like, "Oh my God, this is so depressing. <laughs> this is this is brutal. I mean, people are dying all over the place. There just doesn't seem to be any hope at all." And, uh, yeah, things are pretty bad. Not to mention, like, and then it's like, you know, we're in, I mean, you're reading this book, and then we're living in Beijing where things are getting shut down, and they're talking about this virus, you know, is it man-made or not man-made or whatever, whatever made virus. And, uh, yeah, you're kind of like, you know what, maybe it's time for a beer. Not to mention, I mean, it's also, it wasn't so hot today, but uh, some of these days where it's, really hot and humid, it's kind of nice to have like a, a crisp, cold, refreshing soda something, something with bubbles, uh, and so that's what <laughs> Qingdao Pijo sort of hits the spot, at least for the first little while, and I'll probably stop after a little while, um, but yeah, so I was just reading this book, I, I, I now understand, I mean, I understood before why Stephen King is sort of, why, why people call him a master, master storyteller, one of the things that he does that I noticed that a lot of other people wouldn't do. I think last week I was talking about how he goes on. I was talking about this drug problem that he had at that at that time that it might have made him or enabled him to be so specific and he was going on droning on about these characters. But you notice the way that he talks about stuff and it's very descriptive. It's very like piece by piece very illustrative of what's going on and he uses a lot of action words it's a lot of active movement a lot of active verbs it's not past tense and he doesn't really uh glide over anything most of the new books that you'd read would be sort of hyper focused on the point uh, of the story like a hyper focused on um you know the virus is killing everybody and everything and it's only about the virus and how bad things are whereas in Stephen King's books, he goes on, and I was—I guess uh, this might be part because uh, I'm reading the unedited version. He might have uh, cut the stuff out in the, uh, the the first published edition, but he goes on about like uh, you know a cellar, uh, a grandfather clock, uh, again. So it's like uh, and also like the the record deal, but also about like cars. Like he'll describe, uh, he'll go on these uh, sort of um, what would you call sidebars. I guess you'd call them sidebars, but he's very descriptive in those sidebars. And those sidebars add that depth to the character and to the scene because it's one of these things you can imagine yourself in a situation, in a pandemic, in an epidemic, when a virus is raging across the world. And, you know, you you walk across the street and, you know, you, you smell something and it brings you back to a certain time in your life, right? 
well, what Stephen King would do, and Family Guy does this too, but Family Guy does it like much more hilariously than Stephen King does. Um, Stephen King would sidebar you and say, okay, this is, so that smell brings me back to the time when I was like 12 and, you know, this and that and was in this situation in this town and I was doing that thing right there and I was wearing this type of clothing and he paints a very um, colorful picture, a very uh, in-depth picture of the things that are going on. You don't see that in a lot of modern writing and you certainly don't see it in a way that keeps your attention because, I, and I, again, I was wondering this with Stephen King's writing styles. Is it his writing style? Is it the English language? Or is it because I've been studying Mandarin Chinese, the characters of the Chinese language, that my eyes have been strengthened? My eye muscles have been strengthened. And so, therefore, I'm able to read a lot quicker. I don't know. Good question. Have there been studies done on this? No idea. <clears throat> The point being is that, <coughs> excuse me, the way, oh yeah, I'm coughing just like they do in the stand. Hey, but I'm not sick. I've been natted several times. The way that your eyes fly across the page on a, in a Stephen King novel, again, I guess, and this is why the stand is sort of one of his better works, um, is that it's, it's a hallmark of <clears throat> good writing where you don't need to read every single word and under and, and sort of read out loud every word you can glide through it because he's writing it like a conversation i've mentioned this before about his writing that it's very much like going to a cafe or a, usually a bar and then running into someone and talking to him about something and he gives you this sort of interesting not a droning on sort of like well let me tell you a story it goes back to 19 it doesn't go drone on in a way that's very un, uninteresting. He goes on, it's like almost as if he's reticent to say anything. He's like, I don't really want to say it, so I'll make it very quick and to the point. And and that's why you get a lot of those good details, uh, those uh, crisp details, those, and then that movement as well. So it's, the pace is a lot quicker. Anyway, I'm going on about Stephen King, kind of like the way he goes on about a parlor, or am I bloating it up? I'm not sure. Very good uh, uh, reading so far. Very easy out of that. Or it's just that I haven't read a novel in so long. And maybe my eyes are just... My brain and everything are just like, Wow, I understand what's going on. <laughs> this is fantastic. Can we do this some more? And I kind of remind myself, like, every... It's slowly starting to creep in, you know, especially since it's June 16th. Every minute I spend on this... And I don't spend too... I do spend quite a bit more time now reading... Uh, this book, every minute I spend on that book, I'm not reading in Chinese. And so this has to change within the next month, both with the HSK stuff and then the yeah, other novels and stuff like that. I'm glad I'm making these Chinese videos. You can go ahead and laugh at me. I don't care. But these are a challenge to myself to make sure I'm contacting the language. And especially if they do take some preparation time to put together, not just preparation, but then post-production of going through the words again, uh, or through the material again, making sure that uh, it's at least viewable so that in one year's time, can you imagine, oof, 250 episodes of me speaking Chinese. Ooh, that's a lot. Not sure. We'll see. But uh, certainly a challenge to uh, think about as I head into uh, the HSK5 final countdown, I guess you could say. 
Right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. I appreciate it. Uh, May You Make Your Movie videos are also being posted as well. Got a couple more that uh, I, I have to get up and done. I want to like After Effects so much, but every time I try to use it, it just slows me down. Well, no more. Folks, appreciate it. I'll end it there. Show notes, tracks, and vids up on my website, stevensersky.com. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.